This is the Pulse of Healthcare, broadcast from the Ovation Health Studios. Our podcast targets the challenges surrounding healthcare today in the United States. Our host, Dr. John McCormick, an expert in the industry, offers common sense and pioneering solutions for the future of healthcare. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pulse of Healthcare. I'm joined today by your usual host, Dr. John McCormick. John, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. Uh, Again, excited about today's podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, price transparency. (laughs) (laughs) I know, we got to shake the cobwebs off. Yeah. The price transparency, you know, we heard a lot about this in the in the medical industry. There's been a lot of push for that, legislation passed and things like that. And like all a lot of good ideas that we have over the course of time, there's always an upside and a downside, you know. And so the hope was, I'm pretty sure, that by having our facilities be transparent in pricing, that we would be empowering the people, so to speak, to be able to shop the CPT codes, make consumer-based decisions, find great prices for cash rates and things like that so they could engage in healthcare kind of the same way we engage in all of our other consumerism as an informed population. And when this started, what we were seeing was prices that were, you know, pretty competitive and you could really see a difference between facility A and facility B and facility C. And it was very reflective of our historical experience since we've been doing reference-based pricing going back to 2015. We kind of knew what some of these rates would be, and, and, and that's what we saw. But guess what, folks? When we make things transparent to the facilities, the unintended consequence of price transparency laws is that what we're seeing is instead of the facilities competing with each other and trying to earn business, they're actually all moving their rates up to the detriment of the consuming population. So this is pretty frustrating for for me. Yeah, I think that um, something you started seeing, and when I first noticed it even before I had gotten into this line of business as a patient advocate, um, you would start hearing more kind of radio commercial focus or see commercials uh, on television that from these big, you know, medical hospitals, especially we're in a very, we're in Houston, right? So it's right. a very metropolitan-esque area. And these big hospitals started releasing these ads that were essentially, you should come here because our service and our equipment and our means are better than the competition, right? So they're they're almost uh, justifying the the price increase by telling you, well, you're going to get a nicer experience out of us instead of, like you said, staying competitive in the market and and saying no, you know, like a car manufacturer would do, we can produce this for cheaper, we can sell it for cheaper, and we can get more out there. 
right? Right. And so that that was my first kind of inkling into that, and it's it's just gone insane. I mean, from the from the provider perspective, uh, I was talking to you a minute ago, but some of them feel like because they're competing against the Bukas, right, the big insurance companies, um, and they're trying to kind of squeeze the most out of that lemon that they can, that they were almost forced to increase their prices. But there's not just the Bukas out there, right? There's right. there's also companies like us, and that makes it harder for us to uh, give people the rates that they need that stay competitive with the Buka rates, because these companies are trying to squeeze all the lemonade out of the the billions of dollars worth of lemons that are sitting there. Right. I mean, and, and we're not one of those billions of dollars worth of lemons. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the the quarterly reports came out again. You know, the Bukas are once again making, you know, 14, 15, 16, 20 billion on Wall Street. So we know we know who they're serving. You know, do they provide a product to the market? Yes. Do they dominate the market? Absolutely. And they can do that through marketing and the fact that they're legacy and they've been around a long time. So it's very hard to come in as a smaller company and be disruptive in this marketplace. And our hope was, obviously, with price transparency, we could kind of get a leg up, get some more visibility, be able to, you know, kind of shorten our curve, if you will, and being able to find great rates for our members. Yeah, work out pre-service agreements and things like that with the providers, right? Because these numbers are transparent, or they're at least supposed to be. Um, it should be fairly easy to, if if we're a point of contact from one a consumer of one of our products, then we can set up the appointment for you. And we can even get everything to where we don't we don't necessarily need to completely wait for the claims process and stuff like that. We know what the number is going to be once that does come through, and right. and the consumer knows what their copay is going to be, and it takes a lot of the stress away, right? When you're going through a medical emergency or even a non emergency event, even routine events, it's still stressful to take time off of work. And to schedule appointments and do all of these things. So as easy as, and transparent as the process can be, I believe that it should be. Um, and it's it's not necessarily that way. And we've also seen um, cash payer rates go up as well. Right. right? So even a person that is um, trying to do it a more non-traditional route or maybe doesn't have insurance is, is getting shafted. Right. I, I mean, I, I, we've probably mentioned this in the past, but there's a huge disparity and what Medicaid pays, Medicare pays, uh, the commercial plan pays, and things like that. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, nobody in the business world could say, well, based on your class, we're going to charge you more. I mean, back to yeah. the car dealership I love to use, right? So if I came in with a Medicare advocate, my car would cost $20,000, but I come in with a commercial insurance advocate, and suddenly the same car is $40,000, you know, and I hear the justification for that. The justification is, well, we don't get paid enough for Medicare or Medicaid, and so therefore we have to charge a commercial quote-unquote payer three times as much, four times as much. Often 10 times as much. Yeah, and sometimes (laughs) 10 times as much, which we know no other business in the world could do that. I mean, that, that is... Truly, you, you cannot walk into a McDonald's and simply because you're wearing a suit, they're going to charge you 10 times more for your burger. That would be unacceptable. 
Right. <laughs> and, and yet we see that. Yeah. And so, but in, so instead of the, the major carriers and the major hospital systems going back and having the fight with the government, which is what they ought to have, and say, we need to raise our rates and things like that. Yeah. You know, equipment needs to be cheaper, uh, access to medicine that they need to get people on the spot, maybe in ERs that needs to be cheaper. So, like, they, they do have expenses on their side. Absolutely. And those expenses ha- have rose, but they're footing the bill to the tier under them rather than asking the questions to the people above them. Right. And even if they are, you know, and, and we know there are, we also know that there's a lot of incentive, I hate to say this, for the major carriers to keep the system the way it is, because that's where they have the leverage. I mean, you don't make, you know, $15 billion on Wall Street by not having leverage, yeah. right? But that's totally to the detriment of that mainly small and medium-sized employer. And what we're seeing now is some of the larger employers are waking up. You're seeing those fiduciary lawsuits coming where they're finding out that, hey, my, just because I had a major carrier with that cool logo on the top of the card doesn't mean I was getting the best deal or they, you know, negotiated the best rate or even because it's incestuous since they own the pharmaceutical company and the pharmaceutical company owns them that they are not actually looking out for the best fiduciary component of taking care of that employer employee. And so we see prices go up 10, 15, 20% every year. Yeah. uh, In network is oftentimes money that in some way gets footed back to them. Right. Uh, Their network. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the circle. So, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, oftentimes when we see legislation, regardless of what it is, of course, we're in the healthcare space. That's what we talk about. You know, there's always that, you know, we pass it. There's a lot of fanfare. People are like, yay, this is awesome. And then six months, eight months, a year later, what you start to see is that unintended consequence come up, right? Right. So I, I do have two questions for you before we close this out. Uh, one is from the consumer perspective, what can somebody do to try to uh, kind of work the system? Where should they go? How do they mitigate these problems? And then the second question is from a company's perspective, how do you try to mitigate problems? Well, I think that I think those are great questions. So I think from an individual perspective, all politics is local. A lot of times we think about national politics, but really if we want to influence uh, how these laws are passed, we need to do that at the local level, at the city and at the state, you know, because our local governments and statewide insurance agencies actually do have a lot of sway in the national dialogue about these kinds of things. So that's one way to get started. That means ignore the national, but we certainly need to focus on those candidates that are strong advocates for fair pricing, all right? When it comes to medical services, it takes care of everybody, not just people you know, that are on a government program, but people that, you know, are trying to access health care, especially in that small and medium employer range, that can't afford an $800 or $900 premium. They, they really would like to engage in health care, but they need to engage in it about half the price. Right. Right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that if you're, if you're a person that is uh, uninsured or you're a person that maybe has a limited benefit policy, or something like that, I, from an advocate perspective, 
just make sure that you you do shop your options, right? It is still a marketplace, and you don't necessarily, we were just talking about this with, with somebody that I'm assisting right now, you don't necessarily need to go to a hospital when you can go to a local clinic, right? Right. Or a surgery center and things like that. And a lot of times we miss that. I mean, there are levels of care, right? Yeah. But the big guys are so big that, you know, look how big their sign is. And right, they're, they're, right. Their and building is so tall. Yeah, <laughs> a huge, huge monument. There. Yeah, it's I, easy I, to miss the small guys, right? It, it really is. And so and so this now that takes me back to from an employer, small plan perspective, our job is to help get the message out, right? We need to educate members on being able to find those multi-specialty clinics, those surgery centers that perform the kind of surgeries at the great prices, they give the bundled rates that are super competitive, not only with each other, but with the major hospitals. And if you do that, and if you leverage that information and you don't get caught up in the marketing, you know, I mean, one of our big systems here in Houston built a billion-dollar building, billion with the B. Who's going to pay for that? The consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They didn't invest a billion dollars in their in their building not thinking they were going to get their money back. You know, they're going to get their money back. They're, they're you know, and they're going to get it back on the backs of not on Medicare or Medicaid. They're going to get it on the backs of the commercial payer, you know. And so those are the kind of things where you got to be aware of that. you got to have your eyes up on that. And as a as an employer and an employee, you have to understand what is actually driving your rate increase every year, right? And and seek those alternatives like Ovation Health to be able to say, hey, we want to be a better fiduciary of our dollar. How can we do that? How can we work together and partner with a with a third-party administrator and a plan that's got strong benefits but also delivers that bang for the buck? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. I, I, Like I've said, from an advocate perspective, that's what we do here. That is making sure that we're able to have transparency, both not on the front end for the for the customer, make sure that that co-pay is maintained, make sure that they're not going to owe any more than they possibly, then we've made it transparent to them. Hey, is there going to be anesthesia? There is? Okay. Just so you know, there's that, that co-pay gets added on, things like that. But on the back end, us communicating directly with the provider can make sure that we're not blowing up the plan or there's no, not going to be any hidden prices right. that, sudden, that suddenly sneak up on the group who is ultimately the plan sponsor themselves. Absolutely. And I just want to say, you know, just because we have big hospital systems doesn't mean that they don't work with us and they don't play ball. They do. Oh, absolutely. All right. We have some great Big hospital systems, you know, in Texas, you know, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, that we work with very routinely. They give us bundled service rates and and work with our members and understand this small and medium market. So, you know, I know I beat on them sometimes, but, you know, we actually do have some of the systems that work really well with us. And even if they don't take care of us in their big building, they will work with us in their outpatient surgery centers and things like that. Well, awesome. Do you have anything else for us, Dr. John? I don't. I just really wanted to, to kind of just touch on that trans, price transparency thing today, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you again. Awesome.